Some days I smell like grapefruit. Others I smell like daisies. When the time is right, I smell like summer days because the monsoon season seems to drench every cell of my body with droplets of rain. When fall arrives, the damp feels dry and my house smells like cinnamon and apple pie. During winter, hot chocolate and fresh pine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of AIM Sisters podcast. You're here today with your host, Anna and Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. Thank you so much, sister, for reading us this poem called Scent. And as you can tell, in this episode, we're going to talk about senses and also food and all those beautiful things that can bring us back memories of places, people, experiences. Yes. That's right. I think we all connect our memories with scents and, you know, food. We think of comfort food and we remember of our childhood and our home just by tasting something or by smelling something, which is a beautiful thing. So first of all, I'd like to talk a little bit about smell or scent. I think most people don't give enough value to this um, sense that we have, the smell, because it's such a raw uh, kind of sense that we have, and it's also very connected to our animal animal side, so to say. It's not so intellectualized. It's something that we feel in our bodies, and we don't have to really think about it. It just comes up. Um, when we smell something we really enjoy, our body reacts in a certain way, and we just know that it is something good for us. Um, and I also think that smell is usually associated with women, right? Because if you think about perfumes and all the good smells and all this, usually you associate this with women instead of men. And also because since some people they believe that smell are not so rational so people also consider women more connected to the body than to the mind which is something that i don't really agree because i'm not really uh, fond of those binaries of mind and body everything is interconnected and women and men have both of them but yeah usually women are associated with the body and the body senses which are not so intellectualized and you can even think about, for example, aromatherapy. It's something that is also connected to women. And I think more women search for those kind of alternative treatments. Um, but I was also thinking how smell is like very instinctual. And we, I at least connect people with smell quite a lot, but I don't think people talk about it because they feel weird, I think, when they say, oh, you have a certain smell, but it's, not good, not bad. It's just like people smell differently. So even when you wear someone else's clothes, you can tell like, oh, this is this belongs to that person, not to me, because you know it smells different. But this is that's why I think smells can make us feel homesick sometimes, especially for those of us who are living far away from home. Um, I remember when people came visit me, I always took some of their clothes. <laughs> and stayed with them because I'm like it's a piece of you can I, can I keep it you know and it's just wonderful and it also smells of food so in your opinion um, do you have a specific smell that reminds you of 
certain place or people? And can you tell us about it? Um, once more, I think many people have the same thing as I'm going to say, but like coffee smell. The scent of coffee is something that really reminds me home and also reminds me of a comfortable place. It's always like a good, good smell. I can follow, you know, like the yeah. scent. Oh, it smells like coffee. Uh, so yes, coffee is one. What else? I really like to take the smell, the scent of mint as well, like very fresh. I think it's really nice. And I don't really have a specific connection to it, but recently I've been drinking a lot of mint tea. So maybe that's why I kind of created a connection with it by myself. Yeah. Mm. In my case, corn milk cake and black coffee reminds me home because in Brazil, people always eat fubá. It's like corn milk cake and it's really delicious and Well, I cannot find it here. So that reminds me of home. And also, yeah, we were even talking about like when we travel, the smell of certain things remind us so much of places like maple syrup, especially the maple syrup cookies is like Vancouver in my mind. And like seaweed for me is Japan. <laughs> And also this this kind of salty and sweet smell of like shoyu with sugar that we put in dango is like very Japanese to me as well. Dango mm -hmm. is the rice cake, yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. I also think that I really like the smell of grass when it's just like stopped raining. Mm, yeah. It's also a smell that, I don't know, feels like my my chest is open up opening up and it reminds me a little bit of my childhood this smell because we don't have a lot of grass here where i live right now so it's also a good one um i have a vivid memory actually of a smell i remember when i first came to korea i just arrived and the airport like the gates opened and i could smell the sea like very strongly because the airport is in Incheon and it's close to the sea, not that much, but I don't know why, but it felt like I was super close to the beach and I could smell like the salty water and it was summertime. So it was very, you know, like warm and I just felt like I was in a beach and I was like, wow, this place smells salty. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I had a sensation when we, we went to Portugal. It was oh, yeah. the same. When we arrived, it was like, oh my goodness, smells like the sea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. Lisbon and it did smell like the sea. When you were talking about smells that reminds me of places, of course, Japan is like seaweed and rice and the sour plum, ume, and shoyu and miso and all those tastes. And like during spring, Is the sakura latte and you know the uh the sweet beans as well rubbing paste yeah there are many many tastes and smells that reminds me of japan for sure and for me korea is like gochujang 
for me, Korea is like spicy food and but it's like a, a pepper, which is a little bit sweet at the same time, and a lot of cheese. They put a cheese in everything. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's always the same cheap kind of cheese. There's no yeah. differentiation, you know. There's only one, no, two types. The, the white, like yellowish, and the cheddar type. And it tastes like industrialized food. <laughs> But, and I remember French smells like butter. <laughs> In a good way. It smells like croissant and it smells like the very, very good things you can find in the bakeries. And for me, like smell of bread, it smells like home too. It's very comfort food. I love it. Cakes and bread and all this stuff. Baked Carbs goods, I think. We were, we were raised with baked goods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh. our mom used to bake a cake every weekend. No fail, and we'll have cake every day of the week if you want it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's amazing. And I think food is something that brings people together all the time. And if you think about, especially during celebrations, food is such a huge thing. And yeah, I mean, food is a central central piece of a celebration. There is no celebration without food, especially in Brazil. <laughs> Yeah, but you remember what we used to say when you were young? Yes. We were like, oh, it's so boring. I, I don't want to grow up because like those adults, they just eat and talk. That's all they do for fun. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I became an old person because that's what I like to do as well nowadays. <laughs> yeah, and it's so fun because sometimes our friends, they, they ask us, do you want to play a game? I'm like, nah, I don't like playing games. Let's talk. Let's talk and eat. Yes. My friends love board games, and I'm like, ah, not for me. That's boring. Oh, Let's that's talk. Boring. Yeah. Do you oh. have a favorite celebration? Like, special, like, food from a specific celebration or holiday? Mm, that's hard, like, specific food, because, I mean, we have to reinvent some foods because. We we don't eat meat, so um, I don't know. Maybe one thing that I miss because I I didn't find it over here. It's um, how is it called during Christmas? Like the bread we eat, panettone. Panettone is it called in panettone in English? I believe so. It's like the Italian version of a very tall bread with. Candied fruits. Yeah, I like this one, or with chocolate or with um, fruits. So maybe this one. And also, what else? Easter is almost coming. So I think chocolate eggs is also something that I used to like when I was a kid. And when I grew older, I was like, like oh, I don't need a chocolate egg. But I think if I had one now, like a small one, I would be happy. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be happy too. And we talked a lot about the eggs. So like growing up, it makes more sense. Because when I was a child, I was like, but, you know, like rabbits don't actually have eggs. So. But actually, when I was really small, I thought that rabbits, they, they had eggs because of Easter. But it was a lie. 
and I didn't know much about biology at that time. So information. Yeah. <laughs> misinformation. We're spreading misinformation. Yeah. But Easter egg hunt it was pretty fun. Yeah. Her parents they used to gather like the kids of the family and they would hide the chocolate Easter eggs and we would have to go on a hunt to find those eggs. But me and my sister we were the youngest ones, so um we were the slowest ones to find. So they always had to find a place and kind of guide us to the secret place. Otherwise, we'd be with no chocolate pointing. at all. Yeah, pointing. Yeah. No, but I don't think it was that we were slow, actually. I think it's just because our cousins, they were more aggressive than us yeah, in terms of finding the chocolate, you know. So, yeah, we wouldn't fight for chocolate. <laughs> Maybe they would. I don't know. I don't know how far they went, but... They would, they would get angry at each other because some of them got more chocolate than the other. I remember. We never liked fights. Never. No. Not worth it. I can ask my mom and dad to buy me another one. Keep your chocolate child. And they were this tiny. Huh? Keep your chocolate child. I don't need it. (laughs) Yeah. The smallest one saying that. Keep your chocolate child. What about um, you? Do you have any special food you like from celebrations? Mm, I think I enjoy just creating the recipes myself because I always found a lot of joy in cooking and baking and, you know, especially making traditional foods vegan and desserts, turning them vegan. It was also like my passion. And I think... Mm-hmm. Food is so beautiful because it's like this alchemical process. And I always felt during the period of my life that I was very lost. I would say like trying to figure out where I was going in my life. Uh, Because I couldn't finish anything, I took cooking as one of the things I could control. So I had to cook or bake or do whatever every single day. Because it's like I can start from all those ingredients that look like not that appetizing, you know, and transformed into something really delicious and seeing the process, the transformation and the completion of something always brought me a lot of um, security and joy and, you know, seeing the final result. Mm-hmm. I think that was yeah. the time probably when I was 19, between 18 and 20, that's when that happened. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really picked up the, like, to help, like, I started to enjoy cooking. Mm-hmm. I think I also, I also like to cook at a time, but it was not because I wanted to complete something, but it was just because everything I did was with my mind and with my brain and then doing something more manual and, you know, putting my hands into something, literally, it made me feel good somehow, you know, like, focus on this craft and not with the mind so my mind would quiet a bit so it was kind of a therapy yeah it is um especially back home that we had a big kitchen and all the equipments we needed in a proper oven yeah <laughs> but and for me cooking's not like just like alchemy like you said for me it's almost like magic you know oh, yeah you put this and that and suddenly boom you have another thing amazing <laughs> beautiful I think it was really fun I mean we cooked together quite a lot I think sometimes 
Yeah, especially making our muffins and cupcakes. Um, but I remember every single holiday, uh, we kind of had to bring our own like main dish because our family is not vegetarian, vegan, nothing like that. So we always had to think and prepare something that people could enjoy and we could enjoy as our main dish. And it was fun, actually, to introduce people to new recipes and show them how delicious they could be. Um, and I, I remember making things from scratch. That was what I really liked. So like making my own vanilla extract, like soaking the vanilla beans in whiskey for six months in the dark. No, but that was like your precious extract. No one could touch it. If we, I no. mean, you had the whole pot and then you said, you can use it. But then if we used and didn't tell her, she would be like, who touched my vanilla extract? She'll be so angry at us. I'm like, I just use a little drop, don't worry. Ah. But you when can, I left home, you can become a little bit possessive over your things, you know? I proved that. I used <laughs> to be like that. But now I like to share. Now that there's no one, you like to share. Yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> I remember also making like, you know, like bread starter using raisins and me and my dad we tried to make the best bread starter we could and his bread starter would die every time <laughs> so it was kind of a competition and I won I just I just remember the floating raisins that's all <laughs> I don't know what you guys were doing you're just like oh you're, you're making raisins float amazing <laughs> no that's like it's very necessary to put the raisins in the water so it starts to ferment and then you put the flour and it starts to develop and becomes a starter for a sourdough. I mean, during quarantine, a lot of people make baking and got into sourdough breads and all those stuff, but we were doing this before it was trendy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> also, yeah. I remember your when you tried to do the one, the one that I talked before, Panetone. Oh, yeah. It was pretty fun. It's pretty yeah. fun. I mean, you had to to bargain with the 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 owner of the bake the bakery to get some flour for your bread. <laughs> Do you want to share That's this? Thing. Because like the flour you buy it at the supermarket is not good for baking breads. It's just like you can bake cakes and stuff, but it doesn't have enough gluten. It doesn't have enough protein to develop the good quality bread. So. I was planning to make this special bread for Christmas. But then I couldn't go, like, I don't know, to one of those big supermarkets and buy the specific bread flour because it's so huge. It's huge. I wouldn't bake all of that. So I went to the bakery store, like, to the bakery, and I just talked to the guy who worked there, like, please, can you sell me your flour just a little bit? And then he's like, why do you want the flour? Why don't you just buy the damn bread that I baked? <laughs> So I was like, but I want to bake my own. <laughs> so in the end, very controversial, but he sold us the flour. And he didn't yeah. even know how, how much to charge for that because no one has asked him that before. And it was like an entire day of bread making. And was it cheap? 
I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was cheap. Yeah, it was fine. But the entire process took a long time. And like to properly cool the bread, you need to put a stick crossing over the the thing and put inside a pan or a pot or whatever upside down so that it cools slowly and not have this like shock of temperature. And then I used every single pan in the house. And my mom, she couldn't even make, I don't know, lunch or dinner or whatever it was because I was using every single one we had at home. It looked like a lot of bad bats hanging in the kitchen. <laughs> but it was delicious. Yeah, it was. And then you gave as a gift, like a Christmas gift. The best, best gift ever, I think, are the ones that we make for ourselves. Chocolate Easter egg was also good. Yeah. The drunken Easter eggs? Yes. I kind of tried to make Easter eggs with like a feeling high, like truffle and but the recipe called for some kind of alcoholic beverage or liquor or whatever you had. But I saw the measure wrong and I put a lot, yeah. <laughs> like a lot. So when you ate the chocolate, you could really taste the alcohol. Oh. But it was delicious. <laughs> Everyone loved it. Yeah, it was a success. It was a success. It wasn't for a child. Yeah. Children stay away from chocolate. <laughs> I don't remember doing anything crazy in the kitchen, though. I think you were the one who really enjoyed it. But I was always but, there helping you. Yeah. I was the assistant number one. Because I remember when we lived together, you used to burn a lot of stuff. But I blame it on the stove. Yes, on the stove. But you're a pretty good cook as well. I learned. I learned. It took a while, but I learned. I mean, I can survive now. And during last Christmas, I could cook some stuff for my friends. So it was good. But I also enjoy making a lot of sweets. I don't really, I mean, I like to cook day-to-day -day food, but it's not like super special. I really like to bake the, you know. Yeah. Thanks like for It's good when it's shared. So sometimes you don't want to take that long to just prepare something for yourself and, you know. But I think mm, we learned a lot throughout this process, especially like, like we said, we don't eat meat. So we had to learn a lot about nutrition, about how food impacts the body and how we can transform recipes and adapt to when you lived with our parents as well. So everyone could eat the same food and don't feel like they're missing out on something. And you know, I'm thinking now, In Japan, it's quite hard to, to be vegetarian or vegan. So I had to cook a lot by myself. Um, in a way, it's good because, you know, it's healthier. You use your own seasonings and use your veggies and you save money. But I'm only thinking, like, if I move from Japan to a place where it's, like, vegan-friendly, oh. oh, my goodness, I like to eat everything. <laughs> Me too. Because I'll be like, oh, it's second, oh, it's second, I gotta try. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait. I really want to live in a place that kind of helps me with my life choices. Because, like, 
I had to give up on certain things moving to Korea because I literally couldn't find things to eat, especially when I had to eat in the, you know, cafeteria of the dormitory and all those things. So I just think like when I have my own home, living in a place that supports my my lifestyle will be so good, so incredibly amazing. Yes. So do you want to share with us a poem that you wrote that is also sure. about food and memories and scents and all this good stuff? Do you want to share with us? Yeah. So I know we're sharing poetry already in our Monday episodes. We share on Monday every single, like, we record in a, a poem and we explain a little bit about it. And you can also find everything we're talking about in our website amsisters.com um, and if you haven't checked our Monday poetry sessions please check it out I hope you enjoy yeah. it if you like poems but I think this one would be nice to share in this podcast because uh, it, it connects to the topic we're talking about food and memories and all those things mm-hmm. so this one is for all of you who felt displaced at some point and craved for the you know comfort food because it just reminds you home So this one is called The Cereal Tastes Different. The cereal tastes different in different countries, and that's a fact. The sugary breakfast, a childhood favorite that can barely be considered a meal, brings a sense of comfort and security. When you're dislocated, that's all you crave. No wonder there are so many Starbucks replicas all over the globe. It doesn't matter how much you crave for the taste of familiarity. Even the dessert for breakfast kind of meal had its sugar cane replaced by thick molasses. Each bite in each geographical location will carry the spice, the taste of something you never heard of. It's the ne sais quoi of displacement. It's the holding on to any sense of connection between different worlds. That's why when my mother cooked her Japanese stews, or my dad wanted to present us a different recipe of pasta every weekend, I knew it was more than food. In a household that collapsed both sides of the world, eating rice with pizza was like eating cereal, and that's how food held the center of gravity, a microcosm where opposites could coexist, bringing the familiarity to even the most remote places. So when you were half the world away, and feels like floating out of context. Reach out at the top of the cupboard for the bowl and the spoon and willingly pour a generous amount of milk and cereal. Enjoy the taste. It might resemble home. Hooray! I really like this one. I really resonate. I mean, it resonates with almost everything you write, so... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you, sis. Yeah. So, guys, I... I really hope you enjoyed this episode because I think food speaks to everyone. It doesn't matter if you're vegan or not, if you're vegetarian or not, but I hope this has brought you some joy to your week, to your day. And thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it and remember to have a really good meal after this because probably you'll get hungry listening to all the food we talked about. And let us know what's your favorite recipe. Do you have a family recipe that is like the secret and very, very precious to you? 
you like to share, feel free to leave it in the comment below. And you can check also our blog, like we said, amsisters.com. You can find many other things. Thank you very much. Don't forget to leave us a like. If you enjoyed this video, subscribe and share this with your friends. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, uh, we would be very thankful if you leave us a review. Thank you so much and hope to see you in the next episode. Goodbye. See you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.